Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into this week's show, I am very excited on a personal level to take this conversation and record it for you with Jen Justice, all about making a comeback after 50. We're going to talk about the three major areas of focus that need to be addressed. But the good news is small, consistent effort and movement and progress in these areas over time create massive shifts in your health. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am Dr. Aaron Wenzel, and I'm joined by the nurse practitioner extraordinaire, Jen Justice. (laughs) Hello. Hey, Jen. Hey. This is a really great episode, and the timing is almost perfect. Yes, it is. The name of this episode is Making a Comeback After 50. Why is that significant, Jen? Well, thank you for asking, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. I actually (laughs) turned 50 last week, so that was a milestone birthday for me. You kicked the door down at 50s. I kicked the door down, that's right. Yeah, no, this is a topic that we talk about a lot in the practice with our patients, you know, making a comeback. Mm -hmm. And... I think this putting our thoughts together in an episode like this is going to be useful for many people. That's our hope. And I love that the co-host of this episode (laughs) is experiencing it. You know, I just think it helps kind of bring it all in. I would say that there are really three areas that we need to discuss when thinking about making a comeback and then executing an action plan. Mm -hmm. And it starts with optimizing your mindset and your energy levels. Yes. Mindset really is just the belief that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And I happen to believe that it's never been easier or more possible, more practical to add decades of vibrant living to your life. We have a saying that 90 is the new 60. Mm -hmm. And although it's punchy and kind of catchy, we actually believe it's true. Yeah. And I think that beyond believing that it's possible, like any goal, right? You have to believe that something that you desire is actually attainable or Mm -hmm. you won't actually go after it. Right. Otherwise, it's just a wish or an idea. But when something becomes a goal, by definition, you have a belief that it's attainable. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that most people overlook is they miss opportunities to take advantage of, you know, in this scenario, 50 years old, four decades of life. Mm -hmm. And with that comes some wins, comes some losses. But if we really look back in our past, we can mine it for wisdom. Yeah. And, And that there's real wisdom. What's worked before? What hasn't worked? And we have the science and the technology on board now that with our current state of wisdom around what has worked in the past, the science and the technology that can help us get towards this new, amazing future, the last thing that we need to, to, to do when we're managing our energy and our mindset is to get the right team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't speak highly enough 
about the the power of leveraging the genius of others, mm -hmm. the network of people that you have around you or you have access to who can who are masters at what you struggle with. Yeah. You know, and it's really about putting your team together with aligned values, goals, vision. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the underpinning of that. And and to also allow yourself the grace to say, I maybe can't do all of this by myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And who is really great at it that can help me navigate the back half? When mm -hmm. I turned 50, you graciously said, this is just halftime. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? I'm 50, you know, because the horizon is shrinking. You feel like that sometimes and you have more life behind you than possibly in front of you. But to do that, to to optimize the back half, I've assembled my team. Yeah. You know, I have a nutrition coach. I have a personal trainer. Yep. Like, who else do I need to get on board to help me become the healthiest person I can in the back half? I love that. It's important to me. Yeah. And I think you hit on something with mindset. I think it was Henry Ford that said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And so whether you believe y you're on a rapid decline towards your death that will be each year will be worse than the year before. Yeah. That is true, mm -hmm. if you believe it. It could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. But if you believe that your 50s will be better than your 40s, I mean, by definition, you have to believe that to be true if you actually want that to happen. Right. Like, otherwise, we're just hope, hoping. And, <laughs> and hope, although it's a beautiful thing, is not a strategy. Well, is there a certain order that you think people look at that, though? Like, Well, I think there's an order that everybody approaches goals, mm -hmm. right? You know, I think that... People who are successful at setting and achieving goals get very, very clear on the goal, mm -hmm. which is what is it you want? What is it you want to achieve? And then you believe that it's possible. But where most people make the mistake is after step one, they go right into, okay, well, if that's what I want, then how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And they go right to how. Yeah. And hows, especially in an age where anything you want to know is available. Mm -hmm. Like knowledge is commoditized. Like yeah. you just need the internet and a good question and yeah. you can figure out pretty much whatever you want to know. Mm -hmm. The problem is we can't extract the wisdom out of knowledge. N knowledge has to be massaged and th thought about mm -hmm. and mind for the wisdom, the nuggets. And the last thing people do is, is they start to put their team together. Yeah. You know, or their how. Mm -hmm. But people who are very, very successful, once they have their goal in mind, they immediately go to the hows. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, who's. the who's. Yeah, they get their yeah. team. Yeah, they get their team because the genius of the right who will tell you exactly how to achieve the goal that you have. And mm -hmm. so I firmly believe that setting the goal, believing it's possible is number one, and then immediately going into who do I need on my team mm -hmm. that will help me achieve my goal because they will bring the house. Yeah. And it's freeing. It's the opposite of overwhelm, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, once, once you have three or four options that you could take to lose weight, you immediately feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, what do I do then? You don't have the wisdom. Right. You don't have the insight. The right who will show you how. 
<laughs> I love <laughs> right? that. Yeah. So it sounds like a Dr. Seuss. Uh, it doesn't it? Thing <laughs> poem, one and thing but two. Yeah. yeah. Who one and who two. <laughs> so we're all about building the right team. And, and, you know, you and I, as we've shared so much on this podcast, we just have such an amazing life where we get to be the who's mm-hmm. for so many people. And the full circle of that story is that we have our own who's. Right. You know, you're my who in so many ways Mm -hmm. for the practice and I'm your who and Mm -hmm. I have a trainer and I have people who speak into my life who are my who's. Yeah. It's just shortcuts. They're intellectual and life shortcuts to wisdom Mm -hmm. that map you towards the goal that you have. And I just think this is absolutely the the fundamental step one of making a comeback after 50. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? I love that. Oh, yeah, definitely. So if number one is energy and mindset optimization, talk to us about number two, Jen. Uh, number two is optimizing your neurohormonal environment. What does that mean in English? A little bit English? of a mouthful. mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love this topic so much because of our expertise in it, number one, and the outcome that we see with our patients and personally having optimized our neurohormonal mm-hmm. environment. Both of us. <laughs> yeah. If we think back to a person's journey in life but the typical or normal experiences think back to your 20s you're kind of on autopilot Mm. you're optimal your hormones are optimal you're um you feel so good you don't even know that you right feel good yeah because every day is like the day before it's just yeah you can crush a workout and you might feel a little sore the next day but you're not debilitated to where you Mm -hmm. can't walk or those types you seem to have a limitless amount of creativity Mm -hmm. energy resourcefulness ambition yeah don't really have to watch your diet because no. you don't need to. Yeah. And then you kind of migrate to your 30s where you're maintaining, but things are, you're starting to compensate for some maybe bad choices you made in yeah. your 20s or. Start drinking a bunch of coffee. Yeah. Your, your stress starts to set in mm-hmm. because your career's taking off and, you know, maybe you've gotten life. married and you have mm-hmm. a family and, and all those life things. And then you kind of migrate to your 40s where, and this is where a lot of our patients come into our lives in their late 30s and early 40s where gosh, I'm starting to notice a decline in, you know, whatever that may be, my vitality, my feeling well overall. And then, That was my story. Yeah? That's when I started my yeah. neurohormonal optimization mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. in my mid-40s. Mine too. And then you get to your 50s where the opportunity for disease sets in and maybe you're already experiencing some of that or it's increased if you've had some pre-disease conditions in your 40s, and then a noticeable decline in your vitality. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way that we can optimize the the 50s and beyond is, number one, which you talk about all the time, is the holy grail of health, which is increase your insulin sensitivity. Yes. Right? Low-carb diet, fasting, weight training. Fasted training. mm Mm-hmm. All um, those things. Carb-restricted you know, not that carbs are bad. Right. Carbs are just carbs. They're not good or bad. But in an optimal hormonal environment, the holy grail is a normal blood sugar. Right. Everything's Everything a human wants to achieve metabolically will map through an optimized blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And It's the name of the game. It, you could get everything else right, but if, if you don't fix the metabolic optimization, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. Yeah. And that goes back to getting the right team, right? Yeah. Aligning yourself with a provider or whoever that who has that belief believes that mm-hmm. and can navigate that for you or with yes. you. Yes. 
Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of noise around nutrition, diet, so much. exercise. Infinite, actually. Yeah. I don't know of a, of a topic that creates more confusion and more <laughs> overwhelm. Where people have more opinions mm -hmm. and more thoughts. And it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah. And the beauty of majoring in major things as we try desperately to always be focused on things that are significant as we have identified normalized blood sugar as being the holy grail it's amazing to me how quiet all the noise gets yeah and this is 10 11 12 years now where we've been pounding this drum and our belief on this truth is deep it's more of a conviction mm -hmm. at this point and mm -hmm. it is the centerpiece of all the things that we teach and I would encourage anyone listening to this who has ambition to make a comeback at any age, right? Whether it's 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, you've got, once your mindset is right and your team is in place, goal number one is an optimal blood sugar environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's done through insulin sensitivity, mm -hmm. which would be the opposite of diabetes, which would be insulin resistance or bad progressing insulin resistance. Right. And as you've discussed before, you don't wake up and become diabetic. No, like, nobody wakes up with a heart attack one day. <laughs> nobody wakes up as a diabetic yeah, one day. Yeah. This is something in many cases, 10, 15, and in some cases, 20 years, it's lingering. Mm -hmm. And the right who mm -hmm. will find it. Right. That's right. And then optimizing testosterone. We talk about this with our patients because we draw the appropriate lab work to check for it. When a 40 or 50 year old comes to us, male and female, mm -hmm. with brain fog, fatigue, decreased muscle mass or decreased sexual libido, all of those things, we sniff out and hunt for ways to help them optimize their testosterone. And the greatest joy for me is seeing somebody come back when their hormonal environment is optimized and feeling amazing. Completely agree. Yeah, because we're taking their levels back to where they were in their 20s. And that's where they were optimal to begin with. Right. If we already said you were on autopilot in your 20s. Yeah. And nobody really cared what your levels were there and you were feeling really great. Mm -hmm. why, why not go back there? Why, why not go? <laughs> and this is back to going back to thing number one with take advantage of your wisdom. Yeah. Right. We, we have experiences in our life mm -hmm. that demonstrate man for the most part i was my best self in my 20s mm -hmm. i made a bunch of mistakes but i felt really great yeah and now i'm making i, I have a lot more wisdom but i don't have the energy i don't feel exactly good yeah and so it's just about marrying your hormonal environment back back to the youthful vitality marrying that with your wisdom now yeah. of your 40s and 50s and you've used the analogy of the fire in the belly, yeah. you know, getting that fire back. And I've had males come and say, my wife is back. Thank you for giving me my wife back. And I've had females say, hey, my husband's never been better. You know, yeah. he's energetic and he has stamina and he's playful, all those things. Yeah. Like you were in your 20s. Mm -hmm. And so it's Yeah, that term so great. has just come out organically through hundreds of conversations. It, it, it's just kind of a phrase that seems to encompass the experience mm -hmm. of, of just no, a, it's spot a, on. a fire yeah. in the gut, mm -hmm. just the want to, yeah, uh, just the opposite of apathy, the indifference, the, hmm, mm -hmm. I really, yeah, I don't know, I'm just, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is what happens to all of us yeah. and male and female testosterone. You had mentioned several of the, the benefits. One of the things that I just want to make sure to point out too is 
its impact on our musculoskeletal system, which then impacts the holy grail, which is insulin sensitivity, mm -hmm. these do not exist in a vacuum. And this is something that is really confusing for a lot of people and a lot of healthcare providers, I think, could think about this and teach it and treat it better mm -hmm. if there was more of a uh, appreciation of the integrated, h how the interplay yeah. between these hormonal uh, pathways, mm -hmm. they don't exist in right. isolation. Independently, they are, as we believe, to be the most three critical, but the interplay between the two creates these compounding effects mm -hmm. of, of hormonal optimization, which is where the magic really happens. Yeah, I love that. And then the third thing I would say is, in, in, in this goes back to the neuro environment. We've talked about the hormonal, but increasing the frequency of dopamine and serotonin, which are our feel-good hormones, yes. the sex and chocolate, as you <laughs> talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but finding joy. When we've mm -hmm. done a podcast on joy, now that you feel better and you have the fire in the belly, mm -hmm. what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and, it, and what lights your fire? What what gives you joy on a daily basis? And then you become a self-generating engine mm -hmm. that continues to become more sensitive to insulin. You become more passionate about the things that you love and you find new opportunities to engage in things that make you happy right and it's the opposite of the spiral yeah which happens where well i've got some insulin resistance some diabetes and i just don't feel well and then i'm on meds for it so mm -hmm. i even feel worse which then it's like my Hormones are in the tank. My testosterone's in the tank. I have, I don't have any creativity or then I got brain fog, which means I could go out and go play with the kids or run through the flowers or work on a car or start painting. Cause I know those things bring me joy, but I don't feel good. So I'm just, and you start spiraling the other way. Mm -hmm. There is some real magic as I would call it when looking at these three hormonal components in totality because of the compounding, nonlinear, explosive response that you get when you focus on all three. Yeah. And as we've created content in the past, joy is probably the most underrated human mm -hmm. emotion. And the uh, opposite of it is regret. Yes, which is probably the worst. Yeah. Which we've created content around toxic regret, probably mm -hmm. the singular worst human emotion yeah. to, to experience is a toxic form of regret. Mm -hmm. And joy is the antidote. Yeah. And so I think that that's a wonderful snapshot at the neurohormonal environment optimization that we need to be pursuing once our mindset and our energy levels. Mm -hmm. The third component of making a comeback is all about eating better, moving better, and recovering better. And we spend countless hours thinking about, talking about, researching trying to simplify and distill the human experience down to the most important things. And humans are made and designed to be powerful, explosive, creative things. Yeah. And we need energy to do that. And that is through what we eat. We have to move through space using our musculoskeletal system and our nervous system to navigate in an explosive, powerful, meaningful way. 
But like every athlete or every animal, you have to have a recovery period. Mm -hmm. And so eating and moving and recovering encompass essentially the entire human experience from a physical standpoint. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about making a comeback after 50, you have to talk about, we've talked about the mindset, we've talked about the neurohormonal environment, now we talk about your physical self. Mm -hmm. Eating, look, you cannot outrun your mouth. Yeah. Right? It's Everybody's trying, <laughs> and there's several people trying to sell you things to, to convince you mm -hmm. that you, you can out-exercise a bad diet. But that is, making a comeback has to start with eating better. And keeping it very simple, we believe that fixing the timing of your eating is the most important thing you could do. Most people spend their entire life debating what you should be eating when we believe that the most important question is a little bit higher order, and that is not... Let's stop debating to start with what we should be eating. Let's start debating when we should be eating. Mm -hmm. And most humans struggle with diseases of abundance. We are diseased from being overfed. Mm. And we need to shrink the amount of time in a 24-hour period of time that we're consuming energy. Mm -hmm. And so fixing the timing of our diet is simply learn what intermittent fasting is what it means how it works for you there is no perfect or imperfect way to do it it is a journey of progress and becoming more efficient with just stop eating so often right you don't need to eat six times a day unless you have boxed <laughs> carbohydrates you're trying to sell <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> then that would be a really important slogan to get people to, yeah, to buy into right but it wasn't until 1950 when mass agriculture hit scale that mm -hmm. humans ever even dreamed of eating more than three times a day and snacking became part of our cultural norm and we were way more active than we are now and we were way more active and food was actually still food mm -hmm. and it was minimally processed yeah Prior to 1900, I mean, you were lucky to eat once a day. Yeah. For as long as humans have been documented as doing human things, you ate when it was available, which mm -hmm. was rarely. And we are conditioned as a species to eat after long periods of being very active and not eating. Mm -hmm. You do not melt like a little snowflake <laughs> if you don't have a 10 o'clock snack. <laughs> That's right. Like your body knows what to do. Yeah. And if you have any ounce of fat on you that you have ambition to get rid of because it's excess, it won't access it if you keep giving it readily available energy. Mm -hmm. And so fasting is a really great way to fix the timing of eating better. However, once you fix the timing, now comes the quality. Mm -hmm. And again, not debating protein, fats, and carbs. To me, that's a tertiary argument. Primary is the timing. Secondarily, we need to talk about it needs to be real food. Yeah. Whole if it was food. Whole food. Real food. If it wasn't food 100 years store. ago, it's not food. If it yeah. doesn't spoil, it's not food. If you can throw it in your pantry and six months later eat it and it's still delicious, that's not food. Mm -hmm. That's not food. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the outer aisles. Of yeah, the shop the perimeter. Store. Right, right. The only thing down the aisle that is a consumable would be probably coffee or some frozen veggies, mm -hmm. but the aisles are a real problem. Yeah. You got to move better. And I have been on my own personal journey about learning how to move better. And I think as we think about moving better, there are really just three types of 
movement or activities that humans can partake in. There's low intensity, moderate intensity, and high intensity. And everyone gravitates towards just pick the middle. Mm -hmm. And they go moderate and they jump on a treadmill. Right. Or the equivalent of of the elliptical. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not light, but it's certainly not very intense. And that's the worst form of exercise. It's better than probably doing nothing, but we are designed to be explosive or to be recovering. Mm -hmm. I always joke around the first person who ran a marathon, which is 26 miles, he died. (laughs) Right? Hey, I have a message. (laughs) Boom, dead. You know, like we're not designed to run for long periods Mm -hmm. of time. And when you look at the human examples of the world's most elite athletes, just picture a marathon runner versus a hundred meter sprinter. Mm -hmm. Pretty much no comparison. No comparison. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah. One, one, the, the male and female sprinters at the Olympics look a little more like Adam and Eve mm-hmm. than the male and female distance runners. Mm-hmm. We're just designed to be more powerful. Yeah. But so high intensity exercise is far better than medium. But here's where everybody gets it. And I think most people can kind of yeah. intuitively get that. It's the low intensity that everybody gets wrong. Mm-hmm. Going for a walk as a as an alternative to a high intensity is better than medium intensity workout. There's no risk of injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the caloric burn isn't as much, but you it's virtually zero impact and, and no risk of injury. Mm-hmm. And so people would be much better off going high intensity or low intensity and giving up all of the medium stuff, mm-hmm. or at least really scrutinizing their medium activity. Wow. Number two is People make a huge mistake when they try to go from the couch to making a comeback <laughs> at 50 and starting to exercise and their biomechanics or their form is horrific. Mm-hmm. They try to lift weights with bad form. And when you load mm-hmm. biomechanics that are off, this is where injuries happen. So I always say fix your biomechanics, then you load. And so for many people outside of walking and swimming and just being beginning to move, probably hiring a trainer of some sort to help you learn how to correctly move your body under load is a really smart move oh, to, yeah. to prevent injury. Definitely. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my trainer's always correcting my form. <laughs> and that's good because what she is doing is saying, hey, Jen, hang tight. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Because yeah. if you hurt yourself, guess who doesn't come back to the gym? Mm-hmm. That's right. Rule number one of fitness, don't <laughs> get hurt. Yeah. Because yeah. you go backwards when you're injured. Yeah. You have to move through your fitness plan mm-hmm. intelligently so you don't get hurt. Recovery. And of all the things that you could do as a human to recover, sleep is probably, this is an active debate, but it's probably more important than diet and exercise. Wow. It's at least as important. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly underrated. You know, we are overstimulated all day. We culturally have celebrated lack of sleep as some milestone of toughness, but we're compensating and we're really paying the price when our bodies don't recover, but sleeping and and you are. I'm a champion sleeper. You are all time. (laughs) Except for last night, (laughs) but. Text me a screenshot of her sleep score last night and I said, welcome to the mortals. (laughs) Yeah, 78, which normally I'm in the 90s. But that's a good example, which mm-hmm. I put in the text, that 
my routine was off. Yeah. I ate a later meal than usual. Yep. I didn't go to bed on time. And so there you go. It, but it, it's great to have data feedback yeah. on that where it, you can help modify your behaviors right. kind of passively mm-hmm. because you're paying attention to the data. And the last thing about recovery is I think this is a newer concept for me, but I, I can't get off of it because I really like it. And that is active versus passive recovery. And that we need to be actively recovering, not doing nothing, mm-hmm. unless you're injured. The only time passive rest or passive recovery, in other words, sitting on your couch with your feet elevated. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I have to be honest with you. When, we, when you first introduced this, I was blown away by it because... And I have a lot of unlearning to do a lot about a, a lot do. of things, but a, a day off is good. Like you need to rest. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do the high intensity workouts, then your body, your muscles, and your body needs a day to rest. And what you're saying is, no, you you need a day to recover. And you do is need, but you don't have to be doing nothing to right. be resting. So there are no days off. Is that what you're saying? No, there aren't any days where you can't. I mean, if we are going to demand that our body always show up for us, yeah, we have to put it through the proper training so that it's always ready. And we are not a weak creature. Mm-hmm. And we're mentally very tough. And mentally, we're going through things as a culture that we've never had to experience before. And we're being bombarded. Uh, we haven't had time to adapt our thinking tools mm-hmm. and our think- the way thinking about our thinking. But physically... We've actually never been less challenged. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of the inverse. Yeah. For 10,000 years, it was pretty simple intellectually to be a human. Yeah. There wasn't much going on. Don't get eaten by a bear, you know, see berry, eat berry, you know, <laughs> sleep, have babies, learn a trade. Like it's, it, there was like 23 things that we did intellectually. Yeah. There was a few outliers that developed the wheel, but pr- progress was very slow. Yeah. Things didn't change much between 1200 and 1600. <laughs> right. It all kind of looked the same. Yeah. But physically was incredibly demanding. Mm-hmm. And now the script has been flipped, right? Mm-hmm. Physically, it's a joke. Yeah. And we get confused because we get to the end of the day and we're just spent mentally. We're exhausted and we feel really, really tired, but it's mental Mm -hmm. and emotional fatigue, not physical. Right. Unless you dig ditches or make build fences or there are some manual labor jobs out there where people, I I guarantee you, they probably don't have metabolic disease and they probably sleep like a champ Mm -hmm. because they they go right into recovery. Yeah. They can't make their living without the the Mm -hmm. physical output. I think for most professional adults, finding a way to move better is really, really important because it will prepare you to recover better. Mm-hmm. We're constantly and chronically emotionally drained and we never fully recover emotionally or mentally, yet we're always tired and, and sleep doesn't seem to do it. It's because the physical component is missing. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time. And, and you've shared with me too, I just feel better when I move every day. Yeah. Even through the pandemic, We've all had our Netflix binges, but you don't feel great after Mm -mm. that. And you're like, I crave movement every day. I need to get out. I read somewhere where a physical therapist or a trainer said they were training like an 80-year-old person. And they said, I work out so I don't rust out. And I love that because it's like, yeah, you kind of feel like the Tin Man if you don't get moving. Yeah, I mean, if you wake up and you feel just spent, not doing anything isn't going to make you feel less spent. Right. 
Yeah. But going for a two mile walk, an easy stroll, mm-hmm. just moving, getting mm-hmm. outside, you can piggyback some quiet time. Mm-hmm. You, some joy. Some joy. Mm-hmm. Even I always tell my, my, my young boys, it's really funny. Whenever they get really tired, they get they turn into major grumps. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. What's going on? Why are you being so grumpy? Mm-hmm. I'm just tired. Excuse me. <laughs> being tired is not an excuse for being grumpy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all tired, but you have to make a decision. Yeah. You know, it, I'm sorry that you're tired and we need to do better about making sure that when you wake up, you're not tired. Mm-hmm. But that does not give you permission to be a grump. Right. And it's kind of like that. Sometimes life is going to happen and you're going to wake up and be like, I don't want to train today. Yeah. And while the people are like, Aaron, it's, it's so easy for you. You love working. It says who? <laughs> yes, you've told me that before. And it surprises people the first time I tell them that. Mm-hmm. I don't love training. I love the way tr- training makes me feel. Yeah. And the results I want require it. Mm-hmm. And so it's being disciplined. Yeah. To do things in the short term that I don't want so that the rest of the day I feel better. Mm-hmm. In the 48 to 72 minutes I'm training four to five days a week, I don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be in comfy clothes and drinking coffee. Yeah, I know. Me too. The mental gymnastics it takes t- for me to get to the gym by 5.15 is huge. You know, but. But then the rest of the day. You're done. You won. The, you told me today. Right. You texted me. Won the day. I won the day. Let's go. There's something about setting the tone of winning the day. And you've got to win a bunch of days in order to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. And it starts with winning one day at a time. Yeah. So let's wrap this up for folks. What are some of your takeaway points on this? And as somebody who this is, the title fits right in line with your life and kind of what, you're, what you've been up to. How are you thinking about this and how would you encourage people to think about making a comeback? Uh, I think that you have provided or we have provided the fer- perfect blueprint for making a comeback after 50. Even if you take a few of these little nuggets from this podcast and really focus on them, you're going to be the back half is going to be better than the front yes. half. And that's how I look at it personally. And people that have texted me happy birthday and things like that. I'm like, hey, and I borrowed this from you. It's just halftime. And I'm excited to make the back half better than the front half. And that's, you know, how I'm looking at it. So these are great ways to do that. I love it. The only thing I would add is progress over perfection. Yeah. Just pick one thing at a time mm-hmm. and get a little bit of progress. Because momentum. Mom- momentum is real. Yeah. And you don't create a landslide without a crack first. And then it's got to slide. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And don't be surprised when you can focus on the main things, making millimeter shifts each day in one area that is a subset of the three areas. Do not underestimate the power that has compounded over time. Yeah. This is how you make radical shifts in your life in very short period of time that would unlock the back half. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. And I hope that folks listen to this and laugh a little bit, but also get inspired. Yeah. Because this is your only lap around the track. That's right. And doing nothing, we have hundreds of billions of examples of the human experience when you just kind of passively let the back half happen. Yeah. It's very predictable. Mm-hmm. I would encourage and challenge people to step out and see what small shifts done consistently over time on things that matter 
what kind of amazing health, vitality, and experience on the back half of life they can unlock. Yeah. What would 20 more years of amazing, high-quality, vibrant life be worth? How could you even put a price tag on that? Right. And even if you come up short and only get 12, you still win. Mm-hmm. Like It's such a noble endeavor. Yeah. Because it's the only life you have. That's right. So, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Jen, always great to chat with you in Thanks, this Doc. format. You're the best. <laughs> Any famous last words? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.